Whoa, whoa, whoa. How's it going? Hello. Hello, Hello. and welcome. Welcome. Welcome, everybody, to episode 79 of Bruce Less Travel, the podcast exploring the best craft beer scenes across the U.S. I'm your host, Brian, and once again, I am joined by our wonderful co-host for the San Diego-focused episodes, Mike Birch. Mike, how's it going? Hello, Brian. It's going really well. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to be here with you this month, and just uh, it's been a whirlwind of fun activities we've had every week. We've had a really good time, and I hope to come back and do it again in the future. Yes, a world, a whirlwind, as some would a say. Whirlwind for sure. And we've enjoyed great beers. We we have enjoyed great beers. We have another great beer to enjoy. Uh, San Diego's a, a wonderful place, and and we're definitely going to talk more about it tonight. And I, I don't know if it's been brought up before, but uh, I love the theme music to the podcast. Oh, well, thank you. I don't did know. You, I said, thank did you, you write that? Absolutely not. No, absolutely <laughs> not. No, no. <laughs> it's good. It's just it's, it's like I, I'm grooving before the show. It, uh, it, it it certainly gets me in the mood. I, I like the musical choices that we put together with our marketing team. Our marketing team does great things like you know, getting us uh, wonderful flyers like that and oh, yeah. the stickers from the breweries that we send to our wonderful beer club sure. subscribers. And and uh, speaking of music, we have some great music uh, for the 12 Beers of Christmas and Hoppy Hanukkah events that we have coming up. Th- those That music always gets me in, in, in the mood, too, for, for, for the holidays, holiday beers, talking beer, right 19 days of straight live streams. It's going to be uh, it can be fun. Nine to every day we're doing a live stream. Every day we'll have a live stream from the first night of Hanukkah, which I believe is the mm-hmm. 18th of December, all the way to the 12th day after Christmas, uh, which is January 5th. Um, That's so all the way through. Yeah. Yeah. We got some killer breweries we're featuring. Awesome stuff. Uh, yeah. So head over to Brivana.com to check out that stuff gonna be a lot of fun as we mentioned earlier this month great breweries in there including our friends at equilibrium in middletown new york and our good friends good bruise less traveled friends at uh good life brewing company up in bend oregon amongst a, a litany of other great breweries and, and beers a, a variety of beer styles we're gonna have you know sour beers lager beers poppy beers and we're gonna have great guests like we have a great guest tonight so very good. Uh, looking forward to that for sure. That's my segue. That's my segue there. Uh, we got a great episode tonight. Do you know we're closing out our month of San Diego, our San Diego month with one more beer from our friends at Abnormal. We kicked off the month with them and, and they're coming back around again. Well, let's go ahead and crack that final beer. Uh, this is the Abnormal Blonde Ale, uh, a light drinking beer, it's 4% alcohol. Uh, it's made with nugget and citra hops. And it's gonna be, it should be clean and crisp and easy to drink. So let's get to, get that in a glass here. Yeah, uh, full transparency. I just got back from the climbing gym like a half an hour ago, and I feel okay. like this is the this is the best post workout that I could have. Well, cheers, everyone! Uh, uh, happy cheers. holidays. Yeah, we're getting there, huh? We're we're in the we're in the official holiday season. We have eclipsed Thanksgiving. We are now officially in the holidays. Right on. Yeah, I like this. Got nice sweet uh sweet flavor to it. Almost like a Hellas lager, but it's a it's a blonde ale, so yeah, a little bit more bite than a Hellas lager. Nice, nice orange, citrusy, pithy character coming from the mm-hmm. citra hops, certainly. Oh boy, I'm disappointed. This is the only one I have of these. 
It's delightful. Very mm-hmm. nice. And I hope we're enjoying it out there on the live stream as well. This is a, and uh, I hope you're, you're, is your beer club for December? Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh my God. Adi- yeah. So in addition to the, to all these holiday live streams, we're also going to have uh bruiseless travel continues next month in a new city. And I look forward to seeing what that city will be. If, if we tally them all up, it's going to be 23 live streams from your friends at Bruvana all throughout December. Fantastic. Fantastic. I'm glad to be a small part of it. Yeah. And I mean, I, uh, nothing's official, but I, I could see, I could see a way that we, you could come back for some of those live streams. You joined us for the wonderful new year's Eve stream last year. That's right. The, the illustrious Bruvana game show. It may come I, back. I made a comeback at the end. I, I, I did not end up winning, but the beginning, I, there's some questions that people just got freaked by my answers. I forget what they were, but they were disturbing, I guess. Well, I'm glad I don't remember what they were because it, you know, it was upsetting to people. But I, I stand by them. I stand. stand by, by I don't know them. if these are recorded. It was just live at the time, so I don't know what that, if you can. You can't find that anywhere. You can. You can find those videos on YouTube, Mike. So you know, oh, no. nothing. Nothing on the internet dies. It all lives forever. Well, if I do one of the the December live streams, I'll I'll make sure I go back and do my research on my own uh, weird answers. Well, let's bring on our guest. Uh, we got a great guest tonight. We're super ex- excited. Hopefully he can bail us out of, of this. Whatever We're doing this fine. Is. We're doing fine. Uh, he's the manager at Virgin Beer. Um, he's on the board of directors for the San Diego Brewers Guild, and he's an instructor for the Business of Craft Beer program at San Diego State University. Please welcome our guest this evening, Jake Noons. Hello, gentlemen. Hello, Jake. Hello, Jake. Glad to be Welcome. here tonight. Thank you. We're we're very happy to have you. I'm excited to get into this talk. But as always, we get started with our quick sip questions here at Bruce Less Travel. These are fast questions, fast answers that'll help us get to know you fast. Some fun questions we have to get started here. Jake, are you ready? Fun. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, favorite beer not made in San Diego? Hmm. Top of my head, I'd say uh, Black Tuesday from the brewery in Placentia, mm. California. Good. Quick answer. Very nice. Can't go wrong with the brewery. Mm-hmm. Heck yeah. Uh, first job in the industry? Uh, Carl Strauss, two, 2003, at their uh, brewery gardens in Sorrento Valley. Wow. Favorite movie featuring San Diego? Anchorman. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Can't go wrong there. Uh yeah. San Diego, you know, near the beach. Do you skate or do you surf? Uh, never done either. I was, I was big into basketball for a long time. Okay. We'll accept cool, cool, that cool. answer. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's an outdoor sport. Can be. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, our favorite quick sip question here. Uh, have you ever seen a UFO? A ghost? Bigfoot? Yeah, I've maybe seen some unexplained uh, things in the sky, but... You know, I, I definitely think that there are uh, other intelligent life out there. There you okay. go. Okay. Okay. That was probably our best uh, 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 a quick uh, quick questions session this month. <laughs> well done. Yeah. Thank you. Excellent. Well, let's get to the, like let's talk about uh, your your experience, if you don't mind. I mean, you said you started Carl Strauss at twenty oh three, so you really were ahead of the the uh, the beer. Uh, uh, wave, as it were, craft beer wave, and you worked at Ballast Point, is that right? And also in Stone, 
Green Flash, North Park, which was one of our guests this month, mm-hmm. and uh, Societe, which is a really nice brewery. And now you're at Virgin Brewing. Uh, so you've watched the scene evolve over the last 20 years. There's, there's so much we can talk about. Let's start at the beginning. Uh, so what, what led you to pursue that career in craft beer? So I had started working in restaurants in like 94, and I worked my way up to a bartender position. And being who I am, I wanted to have like a well-rounded knowledge of the products that I was selling. I I tried out spirits and wine and it it didn't really pull me in. And uh, I started getting interested in beer and uh, I started trying some beers from Carl Strauss, which is the the oldest current beer company in San Diego. I think they opened in 89. Mm. And... uh, I think that the Amber Lager and the Red Trolley are, are beers that kind of pulled me in. And I got an opportunity to uh, start waiting tables there. And uh, when I came in, I was like the beer guy just because I had read some books and I was excited about beer. And and I knew the, the IPA story. So everybody was stoked on me at the time. <laughs> you know, now it's a... Uh, hotly debated topic if there's any truth behind that or not but yeah I, I loved beer and Carl Strauss was like one of if not the only beer company in San Diego that was kind of doing the things that that I was into Neato, that's great yeah I imagine it's it's like that meme from the Simpsons where uh they all turn around and tell Bart say the phrase they're like tell the IPA story <laughs> yeah so let's 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 talk more about San Diego beer scene overall. It's it's evolved so much over the past two, three decades, so mm-hmm. much influence on a national scale as a craft beer enthusiast and somebody working in the industry over these past two decades. What what makes the scene so special, in your opinion? Uh, I think it's it revolves around the people. I think there are a lot of talented and passionate people in San Diego. Like some people say that the water hardness makes hoppy beers taste better, but uh, I really feel like it's it's about the the passionate people in San Diego that really drive the industry here. That makes good sense. That's awesome for sure. Now that these list of breweries obviously is, is impressively varied. Uh, are there other constant patterns that you see at those breweries, uh, or the different sizes of the breweries that led them to success? Uh, you think, or I know some of them grew faster than others. Uh, yeah, some of them, some of them had uh, growth in the plan, and some of them were happy kind of being the neighborhood beer pub. Yeah, uh, I, I I really enjoy the variety of the experience that I've had in the past. Everybody kind of does their their thing a little bit different, but but the same. And uh, I, I I feel uh, blessed and lucky that I feel like I've worked at some of the best breweries in San Diego. Yeah, I mean those are the the biggest names. Like you, you, you seem like you'd be the 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 person to talk to about San Diego beer history. And so, what about <laughs> Ballast Point? When did you work over there? Uh, that was uh, certainly one of my favorites over the years, uh, especially at that that the, when they were uh, the San Diego was just so dominant in, on the scene. I actually worked for them for for two terms. Uh, first time was in 2010. Oh, okay. And that was that was my first and only like production side uh, beer job. So I worked as a production assistant. I did a lot of keg washing and keg filling, and mm. I worked on the bottling line. This is like before cans were were big in craft beer. So it was working a bottling line of some old like RC cola bottler, and uh, <laughs> we we had to do the 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 22 ounce 
bombers on like a little mahine and uh a lot of that stuff was done by hand back in the day like labeling the bottles and packing the cases and all that stuff a lot was done by hand when i was lucky you got to drive around the forklift and stuff and and dry hop the brewery back then was was very small at the time uh sculpin was like kind of on the on the level of Pliny the elder and like it's it's right. following of it's very like small and cult and uh like huge reputation and uh one of my like favorite craft beer moments was getting to drink some sculpin off the bright tank that just like blew my mind at the time and i was like <laughs> i'm gonna work in this industry forever and uh you know so far that's that's been the case I love, uh, I used to really love Victory at Sea. Oh, yeah. That's definitely one of my favorite. That's one of the best beers. Points. So you 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 left there uh, before they became like super big. I mean, I feel like they, they, they really got big quickly, like went from, mm-hmm. like you say, that, that being that rare Sculpin beer, and then it was everywhere. Yeah, I think. The first time I worked for them, I want to say their annual production was like close to 30,000 barrels a year. And then the second time I started working for them, uh, it was over 100,000 barrels a year. Oh, that yeah, that's fast. Mm-hmm. Right on. Yeah, that's that's some growth. Yeah. That's funny. You mentioned, you know, you did you did the kind of the back of house stint at Ballast Point and everything else has kind of been front of the house, uh, mm-hmm. front of house. What do you think? are some things that front of house and taproom environment and staff could learn from the processes and systems that happen behind the scenes and in the brew house and on the packaging line? They're two like totally different job descriptions. Uh, they work in like on the production side of beer. It's, it's a lot of physical labor. I learned pretty quickly that I needed to like buy a yoga ball so I could stretch out my back every day because I come home all tense and tight and I needed to stretch it out just to make it through the day. Uh, It's hard work and it, and usually the pay is not as good as front of the house. So there's a little bit of, you know, tension between the brewery side and the front of the house side, just because of tips. And uh, I mean, working in the front of the house, I feel has been where I gravitate because of my my people skills and stuff it's it's also hard work it's a different kind of work it's still physical like you're on your feet all day and running around and stuff but you also have to have a smile on your face while right. you're doing it where in the brewery you can be you know cursing at your coworkers and being grumpy and and still do a good job that was me i've been a back of house guy most of my life and was a cook and a chef so yeah you could throw plates against the wall and stuff like that yeah. so. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you don't have to be too friendly. <laughs> I remember uh, my favorite back of house moment. I remember I watched a I watched an angry manager throw uh, three full sink wells of dishes out into the parking lot at a restaurant because <laughs> he couldn't find a slotted spoon. And uh, <laughs> then when I moved into front of house and like guest experiences, it was like, oh, yeah, this is a different world. You yeah, can't, can't freak nobody can. You can't can't let anybody freak out like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where is slotted spoon that's a that is a formative memory um but anyways you mentioned already you, you worked at stone you know mm. when they were growing so rapidly and and really leading craft beer nationally and in, in many ways what what was the environment like at stone during that time i think at the time like stone was such a rock star they were like the, the 
uh, Greg Cook was such an outspoken like uh, beer patriot at the time. And I think Stone played such a huge role in the the progression of craft beer in general. Mm. And uh, like they they really did push the envelope all the time and and made beers that nobody else was making and kind of like wrote the book on some styles and uh, super important to to the craft beer scene at the time. What were you doing there? What was your job at Stone? I was the bar manager for their uh, bistro in Escondido, the, oh, the yeah. World Bistro and Gardens. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, I mean that's that's a big job. That's a, it must have been that's very popular, place. very very yeah. busy. Yeah, very very huge huge place. Uh, I've I've worked at at very few jobs that did the kind of volume that uh, Stone did at the time. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, I can imagine that was that was certainly my favorite brewery for a long time. Like just stone IPA was, I just would say, I would just tell people this is the best IPA in the world. <laughs> yeah. You can't be, I was a big root. I was a big ruination guy. Yeah. Ruination. And, and a, a huge, uh, Imperial Russian stout guy. Too. Oh yeah. Mm. Yeah. They did it all. They did it all at stone. Yeah. You guys were heroes. Chocoveso. Yeah. I mean, that, that oh, was yeah. a big one and for still me. Doing like, it. Was, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, still still influential in many ways. You mentioned in a discussion we had earlier that you've met uh, a bunch of celebrities while working in craft beer. Was that at the Big Stone facility or was that at other places? Yeah, a few of them were at Stone for sure. Both like beer celebrities and like mainstream like entertainment celebrities. I was stoked to meet uh, Will Wheaton. That's right. You, you collaborated on a beer, right? Because we did that uh, the Woot Stout with him. Yeah, oh correct. yeah! I also got to meet uh, Carl Weathers, uh, Apollo Creed. Nice. And you let me do the 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 uh, Predator handshake with them. You know the the meme. That's that's <laughs> wonderful. Big, yeah, that was great, man. I I got to meet uh, Sam Calgioni and uh, John Van Roy there, which are you know huge beer influential guys. Uh, Garrett Oliver there too, mm-hmm. like guys that that blew my mind because i was such a huge beer nerd at the time and uh everybody else like who's that (laughs) right (laughs) right at the the time most people didn't know sam is sam is one of the nicest coolest people i've ever had the pleasure of meeting Mm -hmm. in the industry uh bought around for the entire pub whenever we were all hanging out it was like it was a work thing but then he kind of you know unbuttoned his shirt and had a good time and and like really was giving of his time when you could tell like he was really busy i did meet garrett I did meet Garrett Oliver I, I, uh, at uh, Fresh Fest this year. Not Fresh Fest, Barrel and Flow, what they call it now. Okay. Um, I was wearing a Rage Against the Machine shirt. And he was like, nice shirt. And I was like, <laughs> oh, nice everything you've done, sir. It's, it's wonderful to meet you. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I kind of clammed up when I met him. And I said, sir, like the brewmaster's table changed my life. And he's like, oh, thank you. And I handed him a beer and that... That was the best part of my day for sure. <laughs> if, you, if you all don't know, Garrett Oliver is the brewmaster from Brooklyn Brewery. And Sam is founder of, yeah. I'm waiting for Brian Probably to finish sure. my sentence. <laughs> oh, you know, uh, I was going to let you flounder. No, it's, it's, uh, he's, Sam's the founder of Dogfish Head. Very good. Thank you. <laughs> and the star of the shortly lived Discovery Show right. Brewmasters. Brewmasters. Oh, uh, yeah. I have that on DVD. No way. (laughs) Of course. Of course you do. That's great. (laughs) Let's take a beer break. 
the final beer break to be exact. More on that in a second, but first a quick announcement. Starting next week, we'll be moving to a Friday release schedule. We'll now be recording and releasing our episodes in the same week, providing fresher content in this media landscape that moves a mile a minute. Now, about the beer breaks. We've had a lot of fun doing these, but they are kind of the last remnant of our former host. Uh, and nothing against the beer breaks, they're just not really Laura and my thing. So we're going to take things in a different direction. Starting next week, the fun and interesting content that you would normally find here in the beer break will now be sprinkled throughout the main show, giving us more opportunities to learn about these cities from the people that know them best, the locals. So while we're sorry to say goodbye to the beer break, we're excited to bring our beer break content into the main show, and we hope you are too. For one last time, uh, let's get some fun facts into the beer break. Uh, did you know that 90% of all avocado farming in America is done in California? And 60% of California's avocados are grown in San Diego County. So thanks San Diego for beer and avocados. Now, let's get back to the show. You're at San Diego State University at, and, there's, and you have a, a beer program. Now, I know a lot of uh, colleges don't have beer program. I know the list is growing. But you've been there for 10 years. Is that right? That's right. It'll be 10 years in, in a few months. And can you tell us a little bit about the program and, and, and what that entails and, and how it's evolved over the last decade? Absolutely. So the, the official title is, is the Business of Craft Beer uh, Certificate Program. So it, it, it uh, goes through the extended studies. So you don't have to be a student of the university to take these classes. Okay. Now the campus is called SDSU World Campus. Uh, but they are more like business-focused uh, courses in, in the, the world of craft beer. So not so much like brewing and brewing science and stuff, but more like hospitality, sales, marketing, distribution, uh, brewery startup, draft maintenance, and, and uh, draft systems in general. So a lot of different areas. And you can just take classes a la carte if you're interested in learning about certain things. Or you can uh, put together a body of work to earn a, a professional certificate. And there's there's a level one and a level two. And how is that like compared to like a Cicerone uh, program? So Cicerone is like a certification that mm -hmm. you can earn through testing. And the SDSU program is like in-person or online courses. And they they there's some overlap. Like you, you can learn things from the SDSU program that will help you in, in the uh, Cicerone testing. We do like in-person, like the classes that I teach are uh, in-person beer tasting classes, a bunch of students in a room, and I have a couple of assistants that help pour for, for students. And we talk about specific beer styles, and we'll bring out like a couple like good commercial examples, and we'll, we'll examine them together, talk about the history, and, you know, do the, the, the tasting with the aroma, the... Uh, appearance, the mouthfeel, the flavor, all that stuff. Uh, I'll I'll set out a plate of kind of sensory ingredients to kind of help people zero in on, on what they're smelling and tasting, like uh, fruits or herbs or spices or whatever, to kind of help people put their finger on what it is that they're experiencing with the beer. Has that been the subject that you've connected with the most uh, over these years teaching? Yeah, being being a front of the house guy, I'm big into kind of the guest experience and uh, understanding how to describe uh, flavor to people, I think is, is a very valuable uh, thing to have in your tool belt. Definitely. And just a quick shout out to Paul in the chat 
uh, graduate of the SDSU craft beer program, 2015 alumni. And shout out to Paul. Awesome. Look at That's that. Cool. Yeah. So uh, your background's very focused on tap rooms and guest experiences. We talked a lot about that. What are what mm. are some key factors that you think make for an authentic and exciting tap room environment? I think uh, I kind of have like like a mission statement, like wherever I, I go. Like I, I think the ideal tap room experience is serving world class beer through a well maintained draft system into clean glassware and uh, served by friendly and knowledgeable staff. And if you can nail all of those things, that, that's like the perfect experience. And being able to field different types of customers like beer newbies and beer experts and kind of using the same language with everybody, I think is, is really knocking it out of the park. So simple, Brian. That's all he tells. That's, <laughs> that, that's it. We don't need gimmicks. We don't need uh, goofy stuff on the wall. <laughs> Pieces of flair. Video games. <laughs> I'm, I'm huge on uh, genuine service. I love that. I've, I've worked at places way back in the day that kind of had like a script for you to follow. And you had to say the same thing to every guest. And you just kind of felt like a robot. Yeah. Like I, I want my staff to be themselves and you know, speak from their experience to, to help people find their favorite beer. What role does uh, what role do you think training plays in that? You know, you you talked about letting people have their their natural you know personality come through in that in that taproom experience. But what role does training play in that? You know, they typically train for skill rather than attitude. So how can people in taprooms look to utilize those? I feel like it's impossible to sell something that you're not experienced with or like passionate about so i actually like require the staff to try the beers we can get a new beer on tap like every other week you know sometimes two three beers every other week and i ask them to sample it before they start their shift like smell it taste it talk about it with everybody kind of get the you know the the words they would use to describe it a lot of people are are intimidated by uh describing beer flavor yeah, but I tell people that you've been eating and drinking stuff your whole life. You like you know what stuff smells like and tastes like by now. Sometimes it's hard to put your finger on it. That's why having like those kind of thoughtful conversations are are helpful for you to be able to describe it to to other people. Yeah, when I worked in the tap room, that's that was really helpful to talk to the other members of the staff and say, well, what what's your take on this beer and what's your take? And so you have different mm. opinions to come from, especially if there's like seven beers that just came on since the last time you worked. <laughs> you're just starting a shift. You're gonna like put, you just got back from vacation. Like, yeah. I don't know any of these beers. <laughs> you don't want to necessarily want to put back all seven uh, right before your shift, right? So it's good. To, it's good to have that uh, feedback from your fellow employees. That's really great. Mm -hmm. Who's got notes I can copy? Right. <laughs> <laughs> How about glassware? Uh, I know in the states we do a lot of uh, pint glasses. You know because they're easy to stack. I just recently went to Belgium and every beer that I had had its own glass. And they make mm -hmm. sure that they, you know, they have the shelf space to make that happen. I know the importance of a of cleanliness in the glass is, is the most important thing. How important do you think it is to have different glasses for different styles, if at all? I'm I'm such a huge hater of shaker pints. Okay, like they were never meant for beer. They're they're cheap and they're stackable. That's why they're in bars everywhere. But they're they're terrible for beer. So. Of course, you know, every beer doesn't or every bar doesn't have unlimited shelf space. It's usually right. you know, the opposite. 
Uh, so it's it's good to find kind of universal glasses that work for a bunch of different styles. I'm a big fan of like the the Willie Becker like shape. Right, I've got a few of those. Yeah, but uh, as as a glass kind of tapers out, it, it supports a good uh, head of foam, which is good for aromatics and stuff. And as a glass tapers in, it, it kind of locks those aromas into the glass. So when you bring it up to your nose, you can smell and therefore taste your beer better. So I think glassware does make a huge difference. It, and another thing I'm, I'm really strict about is stacking glassware. Mm-hmm. I hate to see beer, beer glasses that are put inside of each other because that, that friction over time will create scratches inside the glass. Mm. And anybody who's got you know stuff on their hands, they're touching the glass and that goes inside another glass, all those oils from your hands and food and whatever gets into another beer glass. And that just can really ruin the experience. There you go. Hearing it, hearing it from the expert here, folks. I mean, glassware matters. Hashtag clean glass mafia. What is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The dirty, the proper, dirty glass mafia. Glassware. Yeah. Yeah. The dirty glass mafia. Yeah. Watch out. The DGM will get you. Oh, Don't man. post those pictures with bubbles all over. Oh, your glass. I know. I know. I've seen people get, get, uh, get uh, raked across the coals for that. Yeah. On Facebook and stuff. <laughs> yeah, usually three different types of glassware is, is pretty good. Okay. Like a snifter, snifter, a pint-ish glass, and maybe like a, a tall, like Pilsner lager glass, mm-hmm. or like a hat. If you do half pours, like a kind of a short pour glass, and and that's probably pretty good. There you go. Maybe a tulip. Well, we were talking about tap rooms, and <laughs> and uh, what about uh, yourself? When you go out yourself, you go to a tap room for a night of drinking and fun. What what kind of things do you look for? I mean, we talked a lot about it, but. Anything we might have not have touched on if you go in or, or 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 what's a what's something that just turns you off when you go to a tap room and you and uh, you get the wrong experience? Well, you, you already heard my turnoffs about glassware and right. like stacking and shaker pints and stuff. Uh, what I look for is, you know, the kind of people that I work with, like friendly and approachable and, and knowledgeable. Just I'm just looking for fun. You know, good beer, of course, is is easier to find in San Diego than a lot of places. So that I'm yeah. looking for that. But, uh, you know, nice atmosphere, something like uh, kind of ties. I, I really I'm a big fan of Fall Brewing Company. I love, I love the music. I love the 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 kind of vibe there. Everybody's kind of laid back. Uh, what I like about beer the most is, you know, other than the, the beverage itself is just the the community and the, the people, the kind of people that go out for beer, usually like really friendly and approachable and, and have fun talking about the their experience and like whenever beer has a story behind it, like the cooler the story, the more into it you can get and kind of have a memorable, more of a total experience than, than just second back sids. That's uh, that leads me to an interesting idea. What about people that don't, don't drink beer? Because, you know, obviously going to a beer bar, you're going to have beer, but sometimes you want to spend time with friends or somebody, uh, you bring your girlfriend or boyfriend and they're not into beer. What uh, do you, do you want to make sure that you have other alternatives? Uh, in that regard yeah like everywhere that i work i try to have something for everyone like i i do believe that there are more people that would like beer if they gave it a shot because there's so many different styles they were yeah. i really feel like there's there's a beer style for everyone but uh you know typically i try to carry you know cider and kombucha and wine and whatever at places that i work uh but i think having an open mind like if you go to a beer place with your beer friends and you're not into beer like maybe get a taster or something just yeah. to sample it something you've never had before. And a lot of wine drinkers like uh, sour beers tend to be a good gateway beer. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people are afraid of dark beer. They think that it's going to be so like 
roasty and bold and but i mean hand somebody a schwartz beer that's such a, mm. an approachable style like it's super black in color but it's it's like an easy drinking beer so i think this beer gets a bad rap with a lot of people um you know ipas you know 15 years ago were such hot bombs and they're known for you know trying to be as, as bitter as possible was was kind of the, the their target but nowadays west coast ipas are like so much more approachable lower in bitterness more tropical and stuff and you know the haze craze these hazy ipas are you know, much lower in bitterness much more right. fruit juice forward they're like really approachable beers and uh people who haven't had an ipa in a long time like they've changed a lot and they're they're a lot more friendly than they were yeah i find that's that's the people that don't want to have a beer are the people that don't want to have that bitterness yep uh so uh yeah, changing minds there is uh, it's a noble pursuit. <laughs> Get on board, folks. It's fun. Speaking of cl- clean glassware, check out this glass. Look at that. Look at that. Hey, lace. Look at that lacing. Yeah. Oh, Good cl- stuff. I clean that glass myself. Awesome. I, I definitely have a dedicated uh, beer sponge at home that only cleans beer ah. glassware and then and then it goes away in the cupboard so it doesn't get cross-contaminated oh. by the regular stuff wow okay all right <laughs> I, I okay I'll, I'll i'll start doing that that's great your own <laughs> select beer sponge that's that yeah. that is great because i put everything almost everything in the dishwasher and then i just accept the beer glasses and you know certain you know teflon things or knives all right we're getting too personal now in my life body da mr <laughs> dishwasher Mr. Dishwasher Haver. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I've always had a dishwasher. Even though I lived in New York City, I had I had one like in, in That's crazy. the early 90s. We had a small apartment, but it had a dishwasher. Just it was like this tiny hole in the wall place. But yeah, I think we moved in in 90, 92. So I've had one since then. <laughs> I'm going on like seven years without one. So I'm just I'm just bitter. Really? Yeah. You, yeah, that, Brian. you deserve you deserve a dishwasher, my friend. Thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, tell my landlord. Uh, so, Jake, uh, what is other than craft beer? What is what is one thing you wished San Diego was more well known for? Hmm, that's a good question. Like anything or beverage wise? Anything, anything. Yeah. As a city, you know, it's so much associated with craft beer and in the zoo and like surf culture, beach culture. What? What do you wish people thought of more when they thought of San Diego? Uh, I think our cuisine is is coming around. Mm. I, I got to say, like in in my youth, like San Diego cuisine was kind of kind of vanilla. Uh, but the last decade or so, they've made like huge strides, and like we're, I feel like every year or so, there's like a couple more Michelin star uh, restaurants in San Diego. So I think uh, people are getting really serious about. Uh, you know, not only the, the the craft beer in San Diego, but the the food culture as well. You know what I've noticed in San Diego? I've I've only really gone there as a as a tourist. You know, uh, three times I've I've spent time in San Diego, and and every time I go there, even though it's the second largest city in California, it has a it has a kind of a small town feel to it. Everything is sort of centralized. A lot of the main areas. I mean, I don't know where all these people are living. Uh, it must be, must just stretch out a little bit more. I mean, it's a big place, yeah. but I always feel like it's got a really nice homey vibe, and uh, and uh, and uh, it seems like a a smaller town than it is. I like yeah. The San Diego is pretty sp- spread out, 
and I, I like how all of the different neighborhoods kind of have their own flair mm-hmm. and uh, they're, you know, a few miles away from each other, but like totally different scene in, in each neighborhood. Right on. Yeah. Well, Jake, thanks for joining yeah. us. Uh, oh, uh, anything, anything to plug as uh, before we wrap up here? Yes. Aha. Uh-huh. So on Tuesday, we're selling tickets for our sixth anniversary uh, invitational. Uh, this is our sixth anniversary coming up. It's on uh, January 14th. It's a Saturday and it's an invitational. So we'll have over 30 breweries from uh, around the country actually pouring their beers. Uh, we haven't released the, the guest list yet, but they're always like top tier cool breweries. Uh, this year we have a, like a retro 80s theme uh, called it Deja Brew. And uh, I was on board with Virgin last year and, and I got to work the event and like such a cool event, like so many good people and great beers. And uh, if I wasn't working for them, I would I would go every year as an attendee for sure. But tickets go on sale on Tuesday, December 6th. So by the time you're hearing my voice, I think you should be able to buy tickets to our invitational on January 14th. Perfect. Most definitely. And where could people find those tickets? You could go to our website, virginbeer.com, or hop on our Instagram at virginbeer and uh, follow the, the link tree to get tickets that way. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Well, yeah. Thanks again, Jake. Mike, final thoughts on, on San Diego as, as we close this out. San Diego. San Diego. <laughs> uh, well, I, 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 like I said, great town. I've always enjoyed going there and uh, I hope to do some visits myself uh, in the future. And uh, hope you, I hope we can get some bruise less traveled up here in the, in the middle of California. I'll put a plug for Fresno. I also have my glass. My glass here is uh, from uh, Worcester, Massachusetts, which is another bruise less traveled uh, town or should be. Uh, and, uh, so there you go. I'll talk about other towns. Love San Diego though. Yeah. You know, we're bruised less traveled over here, but we wouldn't have these less traveled cities if it weren't for places like San Diego and San Francisco and the Portland's and, uh, them kind of setting the stage and, and driving the scene for so many years and, and putting out the opportunities and, and laying the groundwork for these other small cities to really take shape. And, and, uh, yeah. San Diego has done so much. And I mean, I, I served, I served stone beer at my wedding. I've had ballast point and green flash palette wrecker and arrogant bastard and, and all different crazy beers from San Diego throughout my life. Yeah. Still doing it now. Uh, I, I just, I just got introduced to society, which is another place you worked. Mm-hmm. Beautiful beers. And, uh, yeah. is, is belching beaver. Is that a San Diego brewery? Uh, yes they're in okay. uh, north county san diego yeah just because i've been getting into them lately too so yeah a cool, of- quick story if if i have time please. For oh, quick no, story. Yeah. go ahead please please uh so at working at society uh was during the onset of the pandemic mm. so that was kind of an interesting uh, tour with, with those guys uh but one thing that was cool we did a virtual event with the staff from netflix so they uh they actually reached out to us and we did like a virtual brewery tour and like guided beer tasting uh, myself and the uh, the CEO of uh, Society, Doug. And uh, we did it over Zoom and it was super fun. We like shipped out beer to a bunch of addresses of the, the employees of uh, Netflix. And we had ourselves a little virtual beer tasting and it was super fun. Oh, fantastic. That's pretty cool. All right. Well, uh, uh, thanks, Brian, for uh, having me on this month. It's been a blast. Thanks for thanks for coming along, Mike. 
Oh, and we're getting a question about uh, any hints. We're going to get any hints for our December BLT City. Well, trust the process, folks. You can find more from our feature brewery uh, tonight at abnormalbeer.co. Shout out to all our featured San Diego breweries, Abnormal, North Park, and Pure Project. Shout out to our guests this month. Uh, shout out to Mike, Laura, Ethan, and Glenn for holding it down while I jetted up to Boston for a wonderful work trip. You can find more from us at bruvana.com. Be sure to check out the holiday beer boxes as the ordering cutoff is just uh, days away oh. when this comes out. Uh, lots of fun coming in December, as Mike and I have already talked about, including our next featured BLT city. Excited for that. Very excited for that. Uh, until next time, everyone, uh, stay safe, be kind, and, and you know, support local breweries, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. Bye, gang. Bye, gang.